The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Thanks for hanging out. Great to be with you on Tuesday. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, the rum connoisseur, Damon Barr, is in. We invite you to spend some time, your chance also to get uh, qualified for the ESPN Memorial Day kickoff. That's a grill. That's a gift card to Campbell's. That's a gift card to Leon's. I hate when you're talking. You've had gallons and copious amounts of coffee, and you're trying to spit out a word, and then, oh, dear Lord, am I going to belch into the microphone like I'm Booger in Revenge of the Nerds. So we will get into uh, lots of uh, spring football thoughts. I know it's a couple of days removed, but some some final thoughts, some takes and takeaways uh, as we kind of look at the um, – well, the grading, right? We look at the... So do you know a day trader? Are you a day trader? Are you trying to flip homes? Are you trying to flip sneakers if you're my kid? Or it's it's buy, sell, hold, right? And, and that's an okay way to look at uh, the different position groups. So we'll get into that. Mitch Sherman going to join us. He has some takeaways. He has some guys he's buying stock in. He's uh, really interested in... Uh, kind of projecting, you know, where's Nebraska going here with some of their talent level. And uh, that's on the heels of the NFL draft where you saw two, two Huskers get picked and three more get signed to free agent deals. And any more, it's not can you go, it's can you stay. And Nebraska's had an opportunity to, if guys don't get picked, they've they've had players find ways to stay on rosters. So are you fringe NFL talent level? If you are, that usually bodes well for you on Saturdays. That's not been the case for Nebraska here the last few years. Numbers to get in, 466-3776-466-3776-800-825-5865. What I mean by that is Nebraska hasn't had a lot of draft picks or guys sticking here in the last uh, few years. It's been a good decade, but not a good last couple, three seasons. We'll see if that can get flipped around. I believe that can. I think there's some NFL guys on the roster or some NFL futures keeping with this stock theme. Coming up, Mitch Sherman, as mentioned, uh, we will check in with Jacob Padilla from HailVarsity.com and Magazine. Uh, lost in kind of spring game reaction yesterday. Uh, was another get for Nebraska basketball. Coach Hoiberg and uh, Coach Abdel Massey, uh, Corin McPherson, really talented point guard. When I hear uh, guard and I hear Brooklyn uh, make that Queens, if if I ever meet McPherson, he will backhanded me. He'll backhand me repeatedly for getting Brooklyn and Queens confused. That is a no no. 
But Queens, the the home of some legendary point guards when we think about basketball, and uh, all good for Nebraska to, to, to get a guy that can score and be a shooting guard but can also handle the ball. More options. We'll get Jacob's take on Corin McPherson in about 30 minutes. Rick Kaczynski with us uh, in hour two. Get Kaz's take on spring ball and just, you know, as a coach, as a recruiter, did you go out saying, I'm going to get me an NFL guy uh, when it comes to recruiting? Can this guy be in the NFL? Well, it'd be nice, but right now you're worried about him going to class and translating that high school film to being a, a guy that can play a lot of snaps for me on Saturdays. Sundays will take care of themselves in a lot of instances uh, if if Saturdays are good. And then speaking of the NFL draft, how about the Husker that got picked? One of the two, uh, Brendan Hymas. Uh, Jaime, going to join us at 525 tonight. Email us, chris at alevarsity.com. Follow us on Twitter, Chris Schmidt at Schmidt underscore radio at Damon Bar 2Rs. Damon, I made you work Saturday morning from 10 to noon. You were fantastic. We had a great time in the rail yard doing the show live. Did you able to catch up with, were you able to catch up with friends and, and, uh, partake, enjoy? Enjoy the weather. Enjoy one final undergraduate spring game for you. Oh yeah, I hit the spring game with one of my roommates. Actually, we got a we splurged a little, got those club seats. So Ooh, sitting with the back, you with were the in, seat you backs. were in the club. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the extra ten dollars went a long way on that one. And then uh, we uh, actually celebrated a birthday party that night. Mm. So it was an action-packed Saturday, that's for sure. And so how many handles of rum did we go through, Damon? Uh, we're not gonna we're not, we're not gonna, gonna tally it up here. <laughs> That's private information. That's private information. That's good. I'm happy you got to go. And did you go anywhere, or was it a house party for the birthday? Uh, it was more of a house party. We just decided uh, after the spring game. Uh, you we, pious kids are good at throwing house parties. <laughs> hey, if that's one thing we're good at, I guess. There's a lot of things, but, but you are are well versed in that. So let's talk here about some of the position groups here. And some takeaways, right? Uh, the offensive and defensive line, good starters, good depth, moving on, right? Not to gloss over your two most important parts of a Big Ten season, but yeah, they are. Your offensive line, your defensive line, those two parts to this whole ecosystem of football are giant when it comes to wins, and I like what Nebraska has. I like the the depth. I like that Coach T can go six deep. I like the front seven. I'm I'm sick for for Honus because I think he's a hell of a football player, probably your best linebacker when it comes to the the phone booth. And that's no good that he will miss significant time. Overall, though, I like where Nebraska's out on the offensive line. They'll find that right guard spot, and they'll find some depth. And uh, guys like Banks, Newelli, uh, and uh, Bando, I mean, you've got really good options on the offensive line, and, and I believe Frost and I believe Austin, uh, where you had uh, a really nice tug-of-war this spring with the offense and defense making one another better. Your biggest question, Marks, and if you have another, please uh, jump it in at 466-3776, but it's, it's got to be your running back room and your backup quarterback. What we thought going in, do we feel any better coming out? And, and I feel better about the running back situation 
but don't ask me to to know how it's going to go in the fall. I, I can tell you that I think Gabe Irvin's a dude that right now is the leader in the clubhouse for me because of his size, his speed, his attention to detail, and he doesn't play or act like a an early enrollee, let alone a freshman. So between his body type and his mentality, I'm all good with him. Uh, I like him. I think Scott looked good, and I like Yant. Those are my three. And it's not to throw shade on Tompkins because I think he can ball. Uh, and and Sevian Morrison, I think he is fantastically talented. So Sevian's a guy that I would feel good about giving the football to right now. But right now, the the guys who got the most most of the carries or kind of did some more wow. And you know what, Morrison's Morrison's probably in that top three for me as well. But you know what I'm what I'm hoping I see. I'm hoping I see. Uh, a guy like Yant come in in third and fourth quarters for Nebraska after it's been body blow after body blow with the offensive line, with Irvin, hopefully with Stepp, uh, with Scott, with Morrison. And, and after you've been trying to, to, to chase those guys down, uh, here comes Yant to finish you off and just put you out like you're a cigarette. Or you could just keep handing it to Yant when you get into the red zone and, dare I say, run the football in, run the damn ball in for a touchdown. And and you know what? I think Yant's good enough and talented enough to, to be a beyond spring story. I think he's a good running back. So what will that translate to when it comes to touches and carries in the fall? That's, that's a Ryan Held decision. And I'm hoping Nebraska can can get some separation from a from a one two three or a one two punch at running back. Uh, what I saw Saturday shows me there are some options, but I need to see it more for real. I need to see it more uh, in the opener against Illinois. Where do you lean? Backup quarterback. It's going to be so key for a guy like Harburg to continue to grow because I think he could be special. I think he's super talented. I think he's a heady kid. I think he's a fantastic athlete. I think he has the tools. And he just needs to keep growing and getting the offense. That's the the word from Scott Frost. You know, it'd be interesting to see a guy like Smothers thrown into a situation. How does he react? The, the term gamer is applied to him, and that's very fair. What's he What's he able to do with his legs when it comes to what's his ability like to, uh, to make something out of nothing. He might be one of those guys that just finds a way to get the job done. Uh, I do have some hesitancy with, with him throwing the football, but he, he's a kid that'll keep working at it and not in any way, shape, or form riding, up the, riding off the backup quarterbacks. I, I think there's enough there with Harburg to, uh, to, to turn to him as your number two. And then there's, there's Masker, and we always forget Masker. But who's going to go win you a football game? Who's going to go manage a football game for you uh, if you're Nebraska and you have to play, God forbid, the second half against Illinois without your starter? Or you're going to Oklahoma, or, okay, let's just take Oklahoma off the table, and you're looking at a road trip to Michigan State with one of your starters dinged. Uh, On to the NFL draft. You know, are you bothered as a Nebraska fan with where you're at as a program and your NFL picks? Uh, yes is the short answer. Is it going to get better? And let's talk about guys on the roster for this 2021 season. How many NFL guys or potential NFL guys do you see right now on Nebraska's roster? 
was looking at some early 2022 NFL drafts, and right now I I did not see a lot. I mean, you're going to see Cam Taylor Britt's name on there, but there's no Adrian Martinez. Not that he can't jump up, a la Zach Wilson. That's that's very extreme, but I'm saying you can come out of nowhere and be picked. Trey Lance has thrown 320 career passes, right, and he went third overall. It's all about projection. But when I look at Nebraska's roster and fixing some of the woes, you had Hymas go, you had Farniak go, that's great. You had a total of five guys that found their way uh, to at least get a tryout or make a, a squad. But we're so far removed, right? I mean, Nate Gary... Uh, is a guy that that's pretty recent. Randy Gregory still in the league. Malik Collins still in the league. Vincent's not in the league anymore. But I mean, I just rattled off three of uh, well, three of four, and then Avery Moss before the uh, left school, putting it nicely. That's four. That's that's an insta- that's an entire starting defensive line. That was your four down lineman against Northwestern in 2013. Um, you've got Philip Dillard who didn't spend a long time in the NFL, but was there. Nate Gary. Think about the offensive line guys in the last seven to ten years that have been in the league that you're not seeing as much anymore at Nebraska. That's Quali, that's Searles, that's Spencer Long, that's Stirrup. Okay, I mean, there's four of five guys, and, and then from a from a running back standpoint, right? Brandon Jackson, Roy Hallou, Rex Burkett, Amir Abdullah. Uh, don't forget Matt Sloss and Slaw Daddy, Riley and Quincy Anunwa and Kenny Bell and DeMornay Pearsonell. God, every time I looked up in preseason, DeMornay was doing something for Oakland, now Vegas, and, and he played in some professional leagues. And it's not that far removed either. I mean, Prince and uh, Dennard, Hag and Gomes, Sue and Crick. I mean, Nebraska's Zaire Anderson, also at linebacker, Levante David, clearly, it's still doing it. That's... That's a sweet roll call for Nebraska football from 09 up to about 15 or 16. And it's been it's been a desert for the Big Red, unfortunately. Guys on the roster now. When I when you know, shut your eyes, who can be pro material for Nebraska on this 2021 roster? Cam Taylor Britt? Yeah, clearly. Cam Jurgens? Piper, Turner Corcoran? Omar and Ture, any of the running backs? I I can't say yes to any of the backs. Maybe Step, but Step's injury prone. And Adrian is Adrian an NFL guy? Can he turn into it? He have a lot of starts. Can have a lot of film. Who's to say he couldn't? And then on the defensive side of the ball, I mean, I know you know he's a baby polar bear right now. But Nash Huttmacher is a guy, a body type that can develop. Casey Rogers and, and and Ty Robinson are two defensive line guys, along with with Snacks. And maybe it's just wishful wishful thinking here, uh, along with uh, JoJo and and Deontay Williams. But I think I think there are some guys that are on the roster. Not just for for 2022, but beyond, where Nebraska can make a jump on on NFL Draft Weekend. Chris is with us. Chris, thanks for calling in. Welcome into Hale Varsity, bud. Hey there. I'm just not sure about the, why we have this fascination with Adrian. He's got he's got to be the losingest quarterback in in Nebraska history. He's not a good college quarterback. He's not he's not going to the pros. 
he's, you know, I, Chris, I I don't dis. I'm not saying he's going. I'm saying, is there a does he have a chance to do it? Could he cut? Could he put a good senior season together? No, he's not a senior either. So, um, he, I mean, he might still play two years. He'll have every Husker record and. And what, not the wins. See, well, he he uh, could. I now if that turns around. So what's your what's your uh, what's your suggestion at quarterback then? Gosh, they got to know how to identify and and <laughs> and uh, build quarterbacks. They don't have a clue. I mean, I know that sounds crazy because it's Scott Frost, the next quarterback, but he doesn't have a clue. Um, he is lost. Um, he doesn't know what a good quarterback looks like. Luke uh, was not recruited by anybody as a quarterback, but they. So what's your what's thought, your reaction to Milton then? Uh, well, he was there. What's your reaction to to Mariota? Uh, who knows who else was coaching him? No, that's you know? fair. That's I mean, fair. I'm just saying uh, there, yeah, I mean, there, uh, there's linkage of of good quarterback play with Scott Frost. There is. I mean, he was. You know, Milton was already there. I believe. Chris, uh, hang on the line. I'm up against a break. We'll continue sure. this conversation. Hang on. And we're back, fellas. Think we could. Listen to the radio. On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Appreciate Chris's call, and he uh, had some venting to do. He's not an Adrian guy at the quarterback spot. We were just talking about, you know, NFL potential on Nebraska's current roster. We say hi to Mitch Sherman from The Athletic, at Mitch Sherman on Twitter. Mitch, how you doing? I am doing well, Chris. How are you? Good, man. We got uh, kind of an Owley, Nebraska fan who just dialed in. We were talking about guys that could find their way onto an NFL roster, you know, projecting uh, some of Nebraska's current guys that they could find their or hear their name called on, you know, next next year or beyond's NFL draft uh, weekend. What's your take on Adrian? Is he a guy that could turn into an NFL option? I'm not saying he is, but I'm not going to write him off with uh, some of his tools either. Yeah, you know, there are some Owly Nebraska fans these days. <laughs> I found that I found that to be more common than in in um even recent history. So yeah. get through the off season. I, I, I I'm I'm it's like I'm I'm trying to uh conduct a therapy session at times. Mm-hmm. Um you know, it's okay. It's I think I, I was telling somebody today, it's it's okay to like be excited about individual players. Like people think you know, they, they they hear or read something about a guy who whose stock is rising. As I wrote today, yeah. uh, about twelve guys in the spring in the, in the spring, and it's like ah, you know, you, some people don't want to get excited. It's okay to be excited about that right now. You don't have to buy into grand uh, predictions about you know the team rising to uh, championship caliber in twenty twenty one. But uh, there are players who are doing some good things, and one of them is Adrian Martinez. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. I, w- I would not be ready to say at this point, Chris, that Adrian is going to project. It projects as an NFL quarterback. I think he's got a uh, a huge hill to climb with his with his throwing. Um, he has an arm to do it. Uh, it's it's he, it's it's not like like uh, Aaron Rodgers' arm, but it, he has an arm I think that could work in the NFL. His accuracy, some of his decision making. Um, you know, the offense that he runs at Nebraska is not necessarily um, a quick translation to the NFL. Now, there are elements of it that work in the NFL, and there are NFL teams that are evolving to be more like what Nebraska does. 
But I don't know that Nebraska under Scott Frost, if this thing takes off, is ever going to be a program that is just pouring players into the NFL. I mean, it can happen. You saw it with Marcus Mariota. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if Mackenzie Milton hadn't been hurt, he was on a track for sure to become an NFL quarterback. And Adrian, you know, at the start of his career, you certainly would have said that after 18. Um, he can get back there. He can get to a place uh, where he is, I think, viewed highly by NFL teams. But his um, completion rate down the field, his success at throwing the long ball, at connecting with his receivers just for touchdowns uh, in 2020. And some of that is on the receivers and the offensive line and the backs for sure. But it's not where you would say, yeah, you know, give me a year with this guy and, and he's going to be an NFL quarterback. That said, I think he's going to have a good year in 21. And, you know, I, I said that in 19 and 20, and, you know, certainly in 19 he didn't. Um, but I think he, he turned a corner at, at some point a year ago and can, can um, you know, he looks, he looks more – I think he looks like he's in the best – shape physically mm-hmm. of his career compared when you, when you combine it with where he's at and his growth mentally right now and his grasp of everything. You know, with Adrian, I, I'm not writing him off. Uh, nobody thought, I shouldn't say nobody, but there wasn't a whole lot of stock purchased in Zach Wilson after his his yeah. uh, sophomore season. And I'm not saying Adrian, Zach. I'm just saying guys can come out of nowhere and, and really make a jump. And if you see... Uh, a more seasoned freshman version of Adrian, I think, yeah, I mean, you can put some numbers up and, and do well. And, and you know, I I kind of threw Herbert, as good as he is, kind of into that quarterback Frost tree. I know Frost was not there, but I know Scott recruited mm-hmm. him. So, mm-hmm. I, the, you know, I'm, I'm like, I'm kind of waiting to see on, on if he can make that jump. But I think there's other guys on the roster that they keep developing and, and continue to have good careers. You could hear their name called, and to to the stock uh, angle on things, Mitch. Yeah, you, you, I love your story here on guys that that kind of you took note of this spring. And if you had to, to give me two guys, I guess you're most excited to purchase all that Apple stock in, right? <laughs> uh, who who are uh-huh. who are two players that that you're taking and running with? You're like these are my two bets, man. These are the two long term guys that are going to be something special in, in Lincoln? Well, um, it probably wouldn't be any of the skill guys on offense who Very are featured fair. in there yeah. because I, I think that running backs and receivers in this system, first the system has to prove that it can feature those players and, and turn them into uh, long-term success players, and they haven't done that at either of those positions. You know, you had a couple guys in 18 who were in the program and had nice senior seasons, and it's been – not a lot since then. So that, that takes out about five of the guys who I featured out of 12 in that story. I would definitely start with Turner Corcoran. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think he has an NFL future. I think he may have an NFL first-round future. Uh, and, you know, he's going to be the left tackle for Nebraska, and, and his, he, he's really a true freshman eligibility-wise. Uh, you know, I know he's been on campus for a year, started one game out of eight last year. But he's living up, I would say, to the hype that he came into the program with as a top 50 or 60 recruit nationally. So that's one. Um, an older guy in the program um, on the defensive side, just because I think an offensive guy, um, Chris Kolarvik, okay. I like what he did in, in this spring. Um, love his attitude. Really enjoyed talking to him. I think he, he is going to be a leader for Nebraska on defense, which is 
which is quite an achievement considering that there are fifth and sixth year seniors all over the place and he's in his first year in the program but I think guys will gravitate to him because of the way that he plays and if he's healthy and Luke Reimer is healthy then I I think they're going to be a dynamic pair at inside linebacker for Nebraska with Nick Henrich too and and you know, sadly not Will Honus right. um, for a while at least. Um, and, you know, it's questionable w- w- where Will is at at any point next year with this being a third major knee injury for him. It's just it's just really tough to, uh, you know, to come back from, from something like that. Obviously, that, that means he's, he's done this more than once to uh, do this knee. So, um, but yeah, Kalarvik as a, as a first-year guy I think is going to be an impact player. Um, even more so because of the absence of Will Honus. And, uh, and yeah, Corker and I like, for sure, offensively. Mitch Sherman's with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Find Mitch with The Athletic, add Mitch Sherman on Twitter. Mitch, uh, any more clarity from you on the running back race? I mean, did you, yeah. taking, taking it away from the spring game and kind of bundling uh, from the spring, do you feel better, better about that, that position group heading into this summer? Yeah, there wasn't a lot to take from the first half because as a running back, how do you how do you gauge success right. when you can't run through tackles? But um, that was more on the offensive line. You know, when somebody had a good run, um, it was because they didn't get touched until five or six yards down the field, and that's that's the work of the offensive line. Um, I thought Gabe Irvin, um, I thought Marvin Scott, Savion. Morrison in his uh, limited time that he had on that first drive with the white team in the second half looked really good. Um, and then Jacquez Yant for sure is an intriguing guy because of his size and his downhill running ability. Um, and I think he really has a place in the Nebraska offense. Those four guys of course stood out. The other two on scholarship were not, were not playing. You know, I still think that Marquis step is, is, um, is going to be a factor for Nebraska next year, but based on what I saw in the spring, I'm really encouraged with Gabe Irvin. I think he can be a guy that contributes a lot in his first year on campus. And if Nebraska gives him the opportunity and, you know, lets him go out there and fail, because if you're a true freshman, you have, you have to do that. Not everything's going to be perfect for him, but I think his ceiling is really high. And, you know, like I said, with Kalarvik as a new guy and Samari Toure as another new guy, um, Irvin, all of those guys, in getting the chance to, to, to meet them this spring, I really think that they bring the kind of mentality and, and you know what Scott Frost and his staff are looking for when they talked they've talked in the past about guys who love football. That to me seems like Gabe Irvin and Toure and, and Kalarvik all, all as members of this uh, 2021 newcomer group. Mitch Sherman's with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Mitch, got to switch gears before we say goodbye and go to Husker baseball and. Coach Bolt and Nebraska has been so good much of this year with, with you know, seven series wins. And then reality with uh, Rutgers, uh, I know a, a busy uh, kind of a, a setup next weekend with two more against Rutgers and two more against Indiana and Piscataway. But, you know, what would you take away here with this bump in the road for the Big Red? Well, this, that makes this weekend a make-or-break weekend because obviously Indiana's leading the conference now. And Rutgers is the team that just embarrassed you on your home field. So, well, you know, Nebraska needed it was it was a it was a, a bad bad weekend for Nebraska and its postseason hopes and its regional hopes and just the timing of it with with the uh, the crowds coming back to Haymarket Park the way that they did. Um, but that's the you know the growth of a program and and you know things had come. I don't want to say they'd come easy for Nebraska in this first full year under Will Bolt, but there's always going to be 
steps back uh, now and then. You take three steps forward and you take one step back, and last weekend was a big step back. Maybe it cost Nebraska um, the opportunity to go to the postseason, and that would be really tough. If it does, they can thank the Big Ten for that because the margin is so slim when you play only conference games and, and you're you know in this situation. If Nebraska had played a non-conference season and had done well and built up some credibility with the committee, then you know getting swept at home one weekend, if it was your only bad weekend of the year, wouldn't make that much of a difference come seed time, but it will uh, here in a couple of weeks. It probably will next week when those regional sites are announced. So uh, big big weekend on tap in uh, in Piscataway and an opportunity for sure in Nebraska to uh, you know to take that humble pie that it was served and um, you know and see see what happens if they can go out and have a successful weekend then maybe they're back in the conversation but right now I think they're on the outside looking in and, and that's uh, that's tough after the uh, you know the season that they've been enjoying to uh, to date. Well, a chance to respond. We'll see if they do it and uh, the opportunities. For sure there. Mitch, it was great getting caught up to talk some spring ball and some Husker baseball. We'll talk next week and see where things sit for uh, Coach Bolton Company, and we'll have a little bit more time to get into some Royals thoughts as well. Thanks for taking time today. Yep. Hey, Storm Chasers uh, debuting tonight, so minor league baseball's back in Omaha, speaking of the Royals, and I won't be there. Got a game uh, to coach, but uh, excited for that. That's so awesome. That's so good. Excited for baseball to be back and good seeing uh, this past weekend at Haymarket and at Memorial Stadium and now uh, out uh, with the Storm Chasers. Mitch, take care, man. Best to you. All right. Thanks, Chris. Same right. There he is. Mitch Sherman with us from The Athletic. And, uh, yeah, uh, we're on the same page with uh, with Turner at left tackle, but Kalarovic is so nice to have. Uh, at that middle spot, but you go through some names and uh, some common names there that you think could be could be Sunday guys. We'll spend some time here and uh, get an update with Nebraska and basketball with McPherson. Jacob Fadilla is next on Hale Varsity. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Rick Kaczynski, uh, Brandon Hymas coming up next hour. We say hi to Jacob Padilla, HailVarsity.com and Magazine at Jacob Padilla underscore. Jacob, we will get to Coron uh, McPherson in two seconds. How have you dealt with this Aaron Rodgers saga? <laughs> uh, not very well, but also <laughs> um, I'm not taking too much from all of the reporting just because there were so many. I, I forgot who someone put it out. It's like, Funny how this report came out, and now suddenly everybody in the world has sources and is adding to the report, and you got all this stuff coming out. Like I, I don't know what's real and what's not, so I'm not going to freak out too much. Um, once something actually happens, then maybe I'll, I'll get worked up. But for the time being, I'm just going to kind of wait and see what happens. It's frustrating it's gotten to this point where that's even a thing. Um, very... Uh, uh, frustrated by kind of some of the missteps that apparently have led to a bad situation because they could have been and should have been easily avoided. But here we are. So if, if you're walking to a restaurant and you hold, would you hold the door open for the Packers GM? You know, someone's following you and it, you, you're a very kind gentleman, but do you kind of put this on the quarterback or the GM? Uh, definitely. Uh, I mean, I, I put it on the GM. Like, I, mm-hmm. maybe there's some stuff that like Aaron's being overly petty about or whatever. Um, again, it's hard to know mm-hmm. what's real and what's not because uh, he hasn't spoken, obviously. 
Um, but just some of this stuff that we're hearing that um, where it went back to, it's just like, I, I just, there was no reason to act that way and kind of treat him the like he, he is, he's a hall of famer. Like you treat those guys differently. Like that. It's just the bottom line. Mm-hmm. And they could have, they could have made all of the same moves while, um, doing it differently. And Communicating. we wouldn't get to this point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, cause like they've, like in terms of the moves they've actually made, like a lot of the stuff they've done and Gutekunst has done since he's taken over, I've liked like minus the, the, the top few picks in last year's draft. Um, I've liked some of their signings. They've extended a lot of the right guys. Um, I mean, heck they had a chance to go to the Super Bowl last year, uh, make a few more plays. Um, would have been right there. So they, they built a really good team. They shored up some of the weaknesses from recent years. Um, so he's done, in general, a good job of building a team. Uh, it's just frustrating that here we are, it could all fall apart because of uh, the way he handled things. Jacob Adilla is with us. Noted Packer fan. Needed his take on things. So let's switch gears. Uh, Coron McPherson. A uh, really talented player, three-star guy out of Queens. Uh, Nebraska able to get a yes over Arizona State, Georgia, and St. John. Some other high majors. Another uh, solid grab by Matt Abdelmas- Abdelmassi and, and Coach uh, Hoiberg. You know, what What do you like about McPherson's game, and what have you seen on, on some film with him? Yeah, he's kind of an interesting player. Um, seems a well-built, strong frame guard, uh, about 6'3 or so. Kind of a combo guard. Um kind of a score first uh, type of guard, but he can handle it and set up his teammates as well. Um, and it's kind of an interesting recruitment. Um, I, he's a guy that he, he, he showed well at the Pangos All-American camp, mm-hmm. um, but this past year, kind of with the pandemic and everything, it just seems like it kind of stunted his recruitment. And I know Nebraska was on him for a while. Um, uh, they were a story from back in um, – 2020, whatever, um, where he, he was talking about some of the teams that were recruiting him, and Nebraska was one of the three, even though they hadn't necessarily offered a full scholarship yet. Um, but so it seems like a guy that they've been doing their due diligence, due diligence on, they've liked for a while, and it looks like a situation where with with Shamil Stevenson leaving, they felt like they had room on the team to go add another player, and so. Abdomasi, they kept that relationship going and then um, decided, all right, we can we can bring this guy in and went over and um, kind of put the cell on him. And he uh, liked what he heard and jumped in the field. So seems kind of like a Elijah Wood replacement. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Wood last year was a guy that they went and added after uh, Kobe King decided not to come to Nebraska. The guy that they had been recruiting, they had relationships with, but they hadn't necessarily. They, they were recruiting him for the following season because uh, he was going to do a prep year, and they suddenly had a roster spot, so they went to him like, "Hey, you want to come? You want to come now?" And so it seems like it's a similar situation where um, it's a guy that they liked, but they didn't necessarily know if they had a room for him. That room opened up, so they went and offered him the spot, and we'll see, kind of get him into the program and see what he can develop into. Especially, you've got Kobe Webster uh, only has one more year, um, and Trey McGowan's. Um, who knows? Like he'll be heading into his fourth year of college. That, that's that's going to be the interesting thing about the next three years or so is obviously the, the 
seniors returning is a big deal this year, and there's so many players still out there that you're kind of waiting to hear from. Um, and that's going to be the case. Like the next, everybody that was a junior, a sophomore, and a freshman will have that same decision to make at the end of their careers over the next few years until all those guys cycle out and we get back to this 2021 class is the first one that's going to go back to normal where Mm -hmm. you only have the four years because they weren't in school during the pandemic year. So rosters are going to be kind of in flux um, for the next few years, and we're going to have a lot of guys making decisions. So you you never know exactly how long you're going to have with a player, and that's not even factoring in the the ability to transfer um, and all that. So the guy, you get in the program, you kind of develop him, see – see how he turns out, and then see kind of how your depth chart kind of plans out over the next couple of years, and maybe he'll have a chance to develop into a good piece for you. Jacob Padilla is with us, HailVarsity.com and Magazine at Jacob Padilla underscore on Twitter. Jacob, about 90 seconds here. A thought on kind of handicapping the, the point guard prospects for Nebraska because that's that's they need – stability at that spot to, to get the, the ball moving around the horn and run Fred's offense with the addition of McPherson. And then what you have with Banton, Kobe and Trey, do you think Nebraska can find a guy to, to, to stabilize that point guard spot? I think that's what they're hoping for. Uh, obviously Trey McGowan showed some growth in that area. wasn't consistent with it, but down the stretch, he had some really good games as a point guard making decisions and being efficient and those types of things. And that's what he came to. He said he came to Nebraska to learn to be a point guard and play on the ball. So I think at this point, they didn't necessarily find uh, the answer in the transfer portal. So they're going all in and uh, on that development. And they're hoping that Delano Banton as well can kind of get back to where he was before the shutdown and before uh, COVID-19 really hit the program because he was a completely different player in the first half of the season. So I think you got those two, and then you'll see kind of Kobe Webster obviously will handle the ball a little bit. Um, and then you have McPherson in there trying to kind of earn some playing time. And Bryce McGowan's going to handle the ball quite a bit as well. So you've got some options. It's just a matter of kind of how guys develop and kind of step into those roles and whether or not they can be consistent in those roles. Jacob Bedilla is with us. Jacob, uh, excited to, to see where things go with Nebraska basketball and uh, looking forward to, to what you're doing with HailVarsity.com and Magazine. Thanks for taking time. Thanks for previewing Nebraska's latest uh, uh, member of the roster, Corn McPherson. Appreciate your time, man. Yep. Always enjoy it. Take care. There he is, Jacob Bedilla with us. Follow him on Twitter. And Jacob's busy with AAU ball, too. And uh, check in on him at Jacob Bedilla underscore with Twitter. And uh, also read him, HailVarsity.com and Magazine. We'll wind down the first hour. Coach Rick Kaczynski's on the way. Brandon Hymas, newest Charger, coming up next hour. Chime in, 402-466-ESPN, or email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me, try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time this hour, Rick Kaczynski, 10 minutes away. We'll talk with Coach Kaz, a Tuesday with Kaz. Just take on the spring game, some NFL thoughts, and, you know, getting that guy that can help your football team, you know, and what's what's a college coach's mindset when it comes to the NFL draft? Yeah, you want dudes that can ball and are high-level players, but are you searching for Sunday guys? Yes, but do you know 
their Sunday guys. Numbers to get in, 466-3776-466-3776-800-825-5865. Reminder about buckling up. 70% of people in fatal crashes in Nebraska not wearing a seatbelt. If used properly, seatbelts can reduce the risk of fatal injury by 60%. Your best defense in any crash buckling up brought to you by the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. And uh, we kind of dove into some NFL futures with guys on Nebraska's roster. We looked at some past guys that really played at a high level at Nebraska and ended up in the league or are still in the league. And, and the name Adrian Martinez came up with, you know, is he a guy that you think can find his way to the NFL? I think Mitch Sherman outlined some of the detractions, but also some of the positives about what Adrian has and what Adrian can work on. I'm not ruling it out, but is he one of the guys, if we look at Nebraska's current roster of talent, that you think could get a shot on Sunday? And and stranger things have happened. I Maybe he has an incredible uh, 2.0 junior season, right? And I know we had a caller earlier that's just not a, a fan of the win percentage or some of his struggles or quite frankly, some of the problems this staff has had with quarterbacks and his, the callers, Chris, his opinion. So it was good to hear from him uh, as far as Adrian and the NFL. Um, not right now, but not that it can't happen. You can uh, email Chris at hailvarsity.com. You know what we got to do about slip my mind. We got to qualify as well for the um, upcoming ESPN Memorial Day kickoff. Who do we have on? We got Jim. Jim, what's up? Thanks for calling. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, Chris, I think one of the guys that you got to look for down the road is is our center, Cam Jurgens. We we mentioned Cam, absolutely. You know, you kind of go through some names of, of NFL futures, and Cam and, and, and Turner Corcoran are two guys I think of, obviously. Maybe Omar, maybe Ture. I can't put a, a finger on one of the running backs right now on a yay or nay, but defensively, I look at Robinson and JoJo and Cam Taylor-Britt for sure, right? And then maybe maybe uh, maybe a Williams. But no, Cam's a guy that I think absolutely can be a Sunday guy. Yeah, I think you know, yeah, obviously he had a, had a little problem to begin with, but uh, the guy's got tons of talent. So anyway, just wanted to give you a buzz. I appreciate that. Thanks for the phone call. Let's uh, get you qualified right now. 466-3776-466-3776-800-825-5865. Caller 9 right now qualifies with ESPN Memorial Day kickoff. That is a grill. Thank you for the sounder, Damon Barr, you and your rum. Uh, a, a, a grill from Capital Patio on the Flame Shop, an E210 gas grill, the Weber Spirit. So it's Weber. That's a yes. A $100 gift card to Campbell's Nursery and Garden Center. A $100 gift card to Leon's Gourmet Grocer. That is the trifecta of prize packs. Caller 9 qualifies now. 466 Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. 
Back into it, hour two. It's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by Nebraska Lottery. Time to get caught up with Coach Rick Kaczynski, Nebraska and Iowa, and of course uh, our Tuesdays with Kaz. Kaz, how was the weekend? What's up? Nah, pretty good. A little rain, a little track, uh, but uh, all in all, pretty, pretty good. No baseball for once, so uh, kept my nerves. <laughs> Kept my nerves in check, but uh, got to experience some South Carolina track. So some future Clemson, Clemson Tigers there well, out of Camden High School. You know, uh, nerves is so appropriate as a, as a baseball dad watching Junior do his thing. And I think I'm going to ask my boy to change his number from two. He's, he was a big Jeter guy to 99 in honor of Ricky Vaughn because let's just say he's uh, he's hit one too many batters this season on the hill. Hey, just sending messages. That's what we're looking at, right? Just <laughs> yeah, the message is messages. he ain't got no control. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that'll come. That'll come. That'll come. Yeah, I mean, hey, that's, that's, uh, that's part of it, man. That's, that is absolute part of it well, you know what are you gonna do but yeah my kid uh my kid's number 23 after gibby so okay. uh really okay you know, gibby's oh, awesome man oh yeah yeah gibby's a man so baseball uh, or major league network sometimes shows the uh old tiger games from the 84 series and then obviously when when he was a Dodger, I guess, you know, I guess there's worse teams you can play for after the Tigers. So uh, it's amazing because even now those are those are the teams that I watch. I, I have absolutely no ties to uh, to the Dodgers, but there's there's a few Major League Baseball teams I like watching, and uh, the Dodgers are one of them. Did it, did it crush you when Gibby went to L.A.? Yeah, I, I guess so. But you know, when you're that age, you, you know, when you you get over it, like uh, with a pack of bubble gum, about uh, <laughs> 32 seconds later. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, it didn't bother me a whole lot, but it bothered me seriously, probably, probably for uh, for a few minutes. And then I was good. Hopped on my bike and. Uh, you know, went down to the corner store. There we go. Rick Kaczynski's with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Kaz, you see much of the, the Nebraska spring game at all? No, I didn't get a chance to. Um, you know, I was looking for it. I didn't, uh, I didn't do a very good job planning and uh, was looking for it on the Big Ten Network and kind of forgot about it and uh, didn't look real hard. But I figured I'd get all my updates from a lot of the people that I, mm-hmm. I still know up there that were, were going to the game. So got got some got some feedback from the game, but unfortunately didn't get a chance to view it. Well, it was, uh, you know, good stuff in the second half when there was tackling. And uh, I like uh, some of the skilled guys, and I think they're, they're decent on the lines of scrimmage. And that decent could be could be good as they work forward i want to talk a little bit about facilities nebraska able to break ground and they're moving towards that uh new football facility for for the coaches offices uh, of course the uh, the practice uh region and uh able to house the coaches offices and meeting rooms kind of the you know the the, the building side of of football and you know i wanted to get your take because you're not far from clemson just kind of what they have down uh, on their campus, around their football facilities, and what what they have that's that's attractive. They've got the winds, they've got the rings, but it sounds like the infrastructure's there too. 
Absolutely. And, and anytime you're talking facilities, especially at a Power 5 school, it's all it's all for convenience and what's best for the student-athlete. And you know, They spend so much time over there. But in all reality, the time they have, it's it's very compressed. So you want you want everything to be as efficient as possible. So you know when you're looking at these facilities, you know you want one that's um, the entire entity is is under one roof. And you know when you got when you got kids having to go across campus to eat or and then another building to go to study hall and meet with their ac- academic advisors and then having to walk outside to go to the indoor facility all those type of things it's just it you know time is so valuable when you're a student athlete that you know what what these universities did and what people are trying to do is get everything under one roof and it's it's no different it, it's it's not the only selling point but like everything else it's it's all part of it you know the game day atmosphere nobody's going to commit because of nebraska's game day atmosphere or clemson's game day atmosphere nobody's going to commit just because facilities all that but what it does represent um what it represents the importance of football the importance of the student athlete and the importance of time. And when you look at Clemson, uh, they nailed it. I mean, they absolutely nailed it when you talk in, in those terms. And it's just, it's one, Clemson's a beautiful campus. It's built on a lake. Um, it's, you know, it's an old, I, I guess you can say southern town. But, mm-hmm. you know, if you go there in November, it doesn't look any different than, you know, a lot of these, uh, a lot of the Big Ten universities. So uh, um, it, it's really... Gosh, it's a, it's a beautiful place with the best facilities. It's an arms race, and right now they're, they, are, they are absolutely leading it. And what they've done, they've gotten feedback not only from people who have already built facilities, they got feedback from the student-athletes, too. And I think that's a, that's a good part of it. You know, hey, what do you guys need? What do you guys want? You know, it's, it's Clemson, South Carolina. You know, you're, you're – <laughs> you might be – 40 miles from Greenville, but it's an hour drive through the mountains. So it's hard to get a haircut. So what do they do, man? Let's get a barber. Those, those type of things that they have, bringing barbers in. And, and, and I mean, it's a little things, but Schmitty, it, one, it shows you the commitment they have to the student athlete. It shows you the, you know, what they understand about the importance of, of time and how valuable it is on that level. And uh, when you look at Clemson, I can't imagine. I, I've seen a lot of facilities. I can't imagine anybody being better than Clemson right now. Rick Kaczynski is with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Kaz, I want to talk about uh, recruiting, developing, and then uh, that NFL draft day. And give me some insight with kind of profiling and projecting a, a talent, a kid you want to offer, a kid you want to get, and then the development that goes into that player and then seeing that success, not only with the graduation and some, some big-time snaps for you, but also that, that dream that so many of the kids have, and that's being a, being, having an opportunity to go play uh, professionally. And I want to get into the draft numbers in Nebraska with two guys picked this last uh, NFL draft in 2021, and, and the numbers haven't been as, as high as they've been in the past. And tell me this, when you see a guy like Malik or Randy or 
some of the dudes you, you brought into Iowa, did you say, look, man, I think they can be Sunday guys, or were you worried about that? Were you just worried kind of about the here and now, what they could do for Nebraska, what they could do for Iowa? Yeah, well, I, I think when you're recruiting a kid, you know, none of, very few people have the luxury of being at Alabama and, you know, let's say a Clemson now. And, sure. and, and, all, and even all those guys, they're not plugging in push play type of guys. Um, so you're, you're, you're thinking about what's best for Nebraska, what was best for Iowa, what's best for South Carolina. You, you're never really looking at a kid and saying, man, I can see this kid in, in the NFL because when he's in the NFL – hell, man, you're not coaching him anymore. You know, that's part of the selling point is, hey, it's, it, here, here's the formula. I've been able to, to get guys to the NFL, and I think that you've got the same qualities as these guys. I see the same things in you that you don't see in yourself right now that those guys had. And if you come play for me, you come get – under my wings, you come play at Nebraska, you come play at Iowa, you come play at these places, man, I really think I can get you to where you need to be. Obviously, every kid wants to go to the NFL, but the reality of it is not many go. I, I, what's, what's the percentages? I mean, it's, it's, it's extremely low. I'm not going to throw numbers out there, but somewhere I think it's like what, less than 2% of all college athletes right. um, play professional sports. So, you know, so the reality is, okay, we're going to get your degree. All right, so that's that's what we're selling first. Obviously, man, hey, we're we're paid to win games. You want, you know, and it's a lot easier to win games with with great players. Everybody wants that, but you know, you have projections. And when I was looking at kids, you know, you're always you're recruiting guys with frames that can, but guys with frames that can bend. You know, the ankles, the knees, the hips. You know, if those things can't bend, you know, there's only so far you can take a guy. Mm-hmm. So that's what I was always looking at when you recruit. It doesn't matter what position. You know, I didn't recruit just D linemen. You know, I recruited I re- recruited athletes across the board. Um, so you know, there's things that you look for when you're recruiting a running back. You know, where's his where's his where's his elbow on his off hand on um, that he's not carrying the ball with? Is it tight to his body? Does he have to slow down to change directions? Is he always cutting off his – is he a right-footed guy that's always jump cutting off his right foot? So there's so many idiosyncrasies that you're constantly looking at. Um, but also, Schmitty, you know, the other thing you're looking at is, is this a kid that all I have to worry about is making him better? Everybody wants great players, but, man, there's a lot of great players that spend a lot of time off the field making your life miserable. And when they do that, there's only so there's only so far you can take those guys, and there's only so far those guys are going to go. So you know when you're when you're looking at and you know I know you brought up Malik, mm-hmm. you know here's a guy multi-sport athlete. You know, talk to everybody in the school. Everybody loved this kid. Everybody loved this kid. Good academically. Great athlete. Good football player. But when I recruited Malik Collins. I never, ever, ever, with the exception of Randy Gregory, because he was a junior college kid, I never, ever recruited a, co- a guy that I was expected to come in and help us win the day he walked on campus. Absolutely not. So that was my philosophy. I know football's changed, but I don't think it's that. I don't think it's changed that much. Mm-hmm. I recruited guys to develop. I wasn't expecting guys to come in as freshmen and help Nebraska win. 
Because if you need freshmen to come in and help you win right away, especially in the trenches, you're not a very good football team. You're not a very good football program. You know, you can start there, but that's not two, three years down the line is where you want to be. So, you know, I know I'm getting a little bit long-winded here, but, you know, I recruited guys that, one, I didn't want to have to worry about off the field academically, socially. I I just wanted to worry about – these guys making them better football players and, and, you know, do my best to make sure that, hey, they become better people and, and, and get their degree and reach their goals because that's what we told. That, that's what we sold the parents. Mm-hmm. And the good thing about the places that I was at and the head coaches that I worked for, you know, that was an easy sell because I could point to several people that we did this for that that we worked together and got this thing done and helped them achieve these goals. And, hell, man, everybody wants to go to the NFL. But I can tell you, if I, I, I probably have, you know, I, 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 get, I, I, I coach way more guys that didn't go to the NFL that, that, that did, Schmitty, mm-hmm. that I have great relationships with to this day. Rick Kaczynski's with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Kaz, a couple minutes here. A thought with uh, from a scheduling uh, philosophy, Nebraska able to flip out uh, end of or kind of a middle uh, of November game with Southeast Louisiana, get a bye before they head into Iowa and Wisconsin and, and put together you know three games before heading to Norman as Fordham, the fighting Vince Lombardis, are coming to town, not in Lincoln. And uh, just speak to uh, just the ability to to not have a a choppy schedule. A lot of that's out of your control uh, as a coach. But right now it looks like uh, there's not easy games, but at least you're going to have some games stacked up so it's not so so choppy that maybe you can get some momentum built up. Speak to that momentum here uh, of kind of getting on a roll and getting off on the right foot. Well, you know, a couple things, and, and and I know if we get if we get time here at the end, you know, we can touch on the draft stuff. I know uh, we didn't, I didn't get to that in my long-winded answer, but um, you know, when I'm look as a coach and as a player, I never ever looked at the schedule, mm-hmm. never. I mean, I just think I think the schedule's a non-factor. It's something that you can't control. Um, you know. It, whether whether the bye week is early, whether the bye week is late, in my opinion, it do, it doesn't matter. Um, you know, quite frankly, I just think it's a lot of rhetoric okay. that you know just don't don't worry about it. You know, go play. Um, you know, the momentum. You know, you create your own momentum. You're not going to create your you're not going to create momentum by beating Fordham. I don't think you're going to find out a whole lot. You know, what you may find out is that your backups might be pretty good against a bad football team. And all due respect to Fordham, I, I'm not. I'm not saying that about Fordham. I'm just saying that in general, when you play, when you play, uh, you know, an opponent uh, that that comes from a completely different uh, football level. You know, I've just been hearing a lot of that coming out of Lincoln and the moving the buys and the schedule. I, I just, I, in my opinion, Schmidt, I wouldn't worry about it. All right, it doesn't matter. You know, my 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 attitude right now would be: I don't care how many home games we have before we play Oklahoma, or how many home games we have in September. I don't care about where we're playing, who we're playing. Man, we got a great challenge, and we got a hell of an opportunity. What do we got to do? What do we got to do to get there? What do we got to do 
to make sure that the things that have happened in the past aren't going to happen again. And that's and that 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 would be my thing. I just never have been one to look at the schedule because I don't care who you are as a coach, no matter who you're playing. It's it's not it's not about the opponent. It's you got to take care of yourself. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back in Hale Varsity Radio, more from Coach Kaz here on the scheduling and getting guys to the NFL. Whether you're playing Fordham or Oklahoma, you should be preparing exactly, exactly the same. That's kind of my take on it, man. I, I just, you know, quite frankly, I, I think you build a team during bowl practice. I think they missed the opportunity for momentum when they voted to not play in a bowl game. To me, I think you missed an opportunity there because this, man, you get bowl practices without classes, without school playing young guys that you haven't coached since fall camp that's been on the scout team. You beat the hell out of them. You don't have to worry about clash. You don't have to worry about finals. You don't have to worry about a game. You get a lot done. You find out a whole hell of a lot about people in those situations, especially the young guys. I look at, not to be negative, I think Nebraska missed out on some opportunities to gain some momentum here last season. But can't let's not look in the past. Let's look forward. Let's look at these things as a great challenge and a hell of an opportunity. I don't care about man, oh, it's going to be great to have a bye in November. You know, nobody sits there and says, man, their season was a success or a failure because of how the schedule went or how the bye landed. You know, just me as a coach, as a player, I'm looking at this, man, you know, every game's a street fight. I'm looking forward to the street fight. I don't care if it's week zero, week one, week two, week three, week 13. So I just think that, uh, and I know I probably think a little bit different, Schmitty, but you know, when I'm, when I'm looking at this and hearing all this schedule and buy and all this other talk, does it doesn't matter. You know, you got to look at it this way uh, as a competitor, you know, whoever's on that schedule, that's not wearing red and white. They should have a problem, and that's got to be your approach through spring. That's got to be your approach through summer, and that's going to be your approach during fall camp. You know, that's the attitude you got to take, man. Whoever we play, they're going to get punched in the mouth. You know, that that's the way I look at it. That's how you create momentum. Love your perspective on that. Back as we wrap up here with the NFL and the draft, does that help validate what you as a program you're doing, the more guys you send to the league? Yeah, and I, and I think, well, yeah, and, and it, doesn't, it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen overnight. Um, and, you know, I mean, obviously Alabama's an anomaly and, you know, Clemson getting there, you know, it, mm-hmm. it, but – but also, I think I think they're they're getting to where they need to get to. Um, I don't I don't think they're they look much different than Iowa and Wisconsin right now. I, I that's that's my opinion, and I'm and I'm not studying these other teams. Sure. You know, we're going through them with you know fine tooth and comb. You know what what I'm looking at is is you know okay. I mean, I'm I'm looking at who they're recruiting. Um, I'm looking at the sizes of these guys. I, I think they've built a roster in the trenches that's on par with with the rest of the teams in the Big Ten. So I, I think they've done a really good. I think they've done a really good job with that. I, I'm looking at Nebraska, and I'm looking at Iowa, and I'm looking at Wisconsin, and I'm sitting there saying, okay. I mean, you can throw them all in a hat, sure. and you know, with the exception of a few guys here and there, I don't think there's much much difference. In, in my opinion, um, and I think because of how they've built, they've built the roster in the trenches. 
um, you know, you look across the Big Ten. There's not many skill guys that that are getting that are getting um, that are getting drafted, with the exception of a few guys from Ohio State. When you, you know, I mean, Minnesota having a first round receiver, it's an anomaly, right? That's not that's, that may not happen ever again. But I think when you look at Nebraska. You know how they built their roster. I I think there are some and some guys that will be playing Sundays on on the roster. So I think they've done a really really good job there. Um, so so I, I think I think that's a positive. Um, but I also think that if you don't get guys drafted, that that's not a sign that that's a sign of a of a of a bad program um, because of the trajectory. Because I think when you're looking at the at, at the future, you know, there was we had some drafts at Iowa where not a lot of guys were taken, but there was a lot of NFL guys on that roster that were taken three, four years down, down the line. And I think fans can see that. I think coaches can see that. And I think the players can see that. And I think the recruits can see that. And I and I and I really think that that's where Nebraska's at right now. I really think they're on the cusp of of turning the corner and then and then once Schmitty you get a couple guys getting drafted now you can go out and sell that you can go you know if it's down to Missouri and Okie State and Iowa hey you can start selling hey man we're putting guys in the NFL too listen man so you know this kid this kid that you just watched remember the kid that you met on your official visit yeah he just got drafted in the first round by so-and-so. So um, I think they're getting there. Obviously, the more NFL players you have, usually that uh, correlates to more wins. But, um, I, you know, I, I think Nebraska's getting to the point they're building it the right way. Their trenches look like Big Ten trenches. Uh, that's going to take care of itself. The skill will come eventually. I think they're getting to where they need to get to there also. But you know what? You're not winning in the Big Ten with skill. You're winning in the trenches. Rick Kaczynski with us. Hail Varsity Radio. Coach Kaz, our Tuesday chat. Love your perspective, man. We'll do this again next week. Appreciate it, brother. Talk to you next Tuesday. Gotta love Coach Kaz, uh, spending time with him. Uh, we're talking Sunday guys, and one of those Sunday guys, Brendan Hymas, with us now on Hale Varsity. Brendan, congrats on your weekend. Thanks for the time. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. So take me through your Saturday or your Friday or your Thursday. How did you gear up for the NFL draft experience? Uh, well, we were actually in Houston because we were going to go watch my little sister play volleyball for her tournament. And um, so instead of being, you know, half our family in Austin, half in Houston, uh, I just decided to, you know, um, we were going to buy a a place in a hotel and just have the whole family there and watch it and and just hang out and and then watch some volleyball after. But uh, a lot of waiting around. And then, you know, when I finally got the call, I was just a really exciting time, very emotional for you know, my family and I, and, and just, just because of all the things that we've been through, um, you know, football-wise, and, you know, just to finally see my dream come to fruition, it's just it's just an awesome feeling and an, an amazing experience, and I'm glad I got my whole family there to experience that as well, so. Brendan Hymas with us, Hale Varsity Radio. What kind of dude are you with your emotions? Uh, are you kind of quiet and reserved, or were you able to, to release 
and, and and be joyful with that phone call. I mean, the the process too, because there's a chance you could have gone earlier than you did, obviously. But you go to a good spot in 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 the Chargers uh, with a lot of weapons and, and a lot of talent. So you tell me, were you able to to hold your emotions, or were you uh, were you a, a good mess, so to speak, on on Saturday? Uh, I think it was just a mixture of both. You know, like I said before, there were a lot of emotions um, that happened when we, when I got the phone call. You know, I was excited and uh, anxious and just relieved, most of all, to to be able to receive that phone call. And, um, you know, I just was so grateful that I got it. And, you know, I'm just grateful that an organization like the Chargers were able to, you know, take a chance on me and, and um, you know, I'm going to give it my all for as long as I can and, and, you know, just like I did at Nebraska and, um, you know, hopefully we can we can win, you know, Super Bowl. I mean, that's, that's the goal, right? Mm-hmm. Well, 40 consecutive starts in Nebraska, 31 starts at left tackle, 9 at right tackle. Uh, your scouting report is just a lot of superlatives with your your mobility your run blocking ability your you know the 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 hips and and just how nice of of an athlete you are at offensive line you you did really well in the senior belt senior bowl as well who are some of the other teams interested in in you did you think the chargers may may be one of the teams that that call your name who was kind of on your radar and and what radar were you on here with, with this entire draft process um, I think throughout the, the throughout the entire process, you know, it was just a mixture between um, a lot of different teams. And honestly, I don't think the Chargers were in that mixture. You know, I, I think there were a lot of other teams that showed a lot more interest, you know, to me um, individually than than the Chargers did. But I mean, obviously, they had um, a lot of behind the scenes interest that I guess I didn't realized throughout the process but um you know coming up on draft day i i thought the teams that were most interested were the teams like the vikings um cowboys raiders and lions so um you know i was kind of expecting a call from one of those teams so when i saw um when i heard that la was calling me you know i think that was kind of a shocking surprise and just you know, threw threw it in with all the emotions that happened that day. But um, yeah, it took me a little bit by surprise. But um, you know, they said that they had been interested in me for a long time, and um, that they were happy that they got me. So. Uh, I'm happy with the outcome. Brendan Hymas is with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And, Brendan, when you got that phone call, did you know who was going to be on the line? I mean, were, were you aware that the Chargers were on the clock, or was this just some random Los Angeles phone number calling you? I didn't know if it was the Rams or the Chargers. Uh, well, I, I, they had called me before, um, they were on the clock and they, they said that they were going to make me, you know, they, they wanted to pick me up and make me an LA charger. So, um, it was definitely, it was definitely a surprise to me mostly because, um, they called me before they were on the clock. And, and so when they were on the clock, I was, you know, I was expected to see my name, but, um, yeah, it was definitely a surprise. Now, Brendan, tell me about this Chargers team. I'm sure you've had a chance to look into them, build some relationships over the past couple of days uh, since you've learned you've been picked. I mean, what, what are you excited? Are you excited for the warm weather down in L.A.? I mean, you're playing with a great quarterback in Justin Herbert. What excites you about the L.A. Chargers? Uh, honestly, the opportunity to compete. You know, I, I want to 
I've said this before, you know, I'm, I'm coming in with a chip on my shoulder and, um, you know, I want to be able to build relationships with the guys in the room and, and be able to compete with them and, and, you know, just have fun doing it. And so that's what I'm looking to do um, is, is just compete and have fun and, and just really live out my dream that I've had since I was a kid and just take advantage of every moment that I have. What's next for you? Is there a mini camp? Is there a meet and greet? Is are things on hold due to COVID in, in some parts of, of California still? Where where are you supposed to be here uh, when it comes to the, the Chargers here? And how soon does that happen? Uh, I think they're trying to finalize some dates uh, because of COVID about a, a rookie mini camp. Uh, it might be in two weeks. I'm not quite sure yet. I haven't gotten a lot of information about that because um, they're still trying to finalize a bunch of stuff. But um, I would expect to get real busy here in the next couple of weeks or so. Um, so I'm kind of enjoying my last bit of freedom before <laughs> uh, I have to study the playbook and do this and do that. But uh, I'm definitely looking forward to it. Tusker Brendan Hymas now L.A. Charger Brendan Hymas as uh, he went in the fifth round. More of our conversation, get his take on the Husker O-line, and more about uh, his dream. Off to the NFL, more with Brendan Hymas. Hail Marcity Radio continues, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And now, and now, back to Hail Varsity Radio. And hi, miss a couple more minutes with us, Hail Varsity Radio. I know you were doing volleyball and you had another ear and eye on the draft. Do you have a chance to check out any of, of your, your mates here in Nebraska, the, the spring game here this weekend? Did you, or did you see anything on social media? Did you pay any attention at all to the spring game? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, keep, I always keep up with those guys and, you know, all my roommates are pretty much still there, so I always keep up with them. And even some of the young guys like Turner and, and those guys. So, um, you know, I, I heard it was a very successful spring ball, at least in the offensive line room. Um, so, I mean, that's always great to hear. Um, and I'm just really excited for them to kind of gel and mesh as a group and, and kind of put what they've, they've learned this spring and, and, and bring it to the fall and, and show everybody, you know, that – They've worked hard, obviously, and then that they can just put it together on the field and have a great season. How close is the O-line? I mean, it's not great to lose you. It's not great to lose Farniok. But you've seen some of the guys behind you that, that are talented that, that just need some, some watering, right, to grow. Where can the O-line go under uh, Coach Austin and, you know, Turner and Piper are wearing run-the-damn ball hats uh, post-game. We thought that was kind of funny in the media. You know, uh, there could be a, a giant step here with, um, you know, just just where, where this O-line group goes. What are your expectations? Uh, I mean, under Coach Austin's leadership and the, and the guys that he has in, those ro- in that room, I mean, they can go as far as they want to, you know. Um, it's really up to them on on how well they they perform and and there really shouldn't be any excuses and I've said this before you know um, I don't think you should use an age as an excuse um, you know pretty much everyone on that offensive line has experience um, playing at the college level um, so using using age as an excuse shouldn't shouldn't be a thing you know I think that. Under Coach Austin, I mean, he's a great leader. So, um, like I said before, I mean, they'll go as far as they want to go. 
Brendan Hymas is with us. A few more minutes here on Hale Varsity Radio. Uh, and Brendan, I'm not quite sure with uh, with how this works with the eligibility freeze, but you hold the record for most starts by a true freshman offensive lineman. You had nine uh, back in your freshman year. Now, now Turner Corcoran's stepping up in your shoes with, with the eligibility freeze. Have you looked into this? Is your record in danger? Is he still going to be considered a true freshman next year? Um, I mean, in my eyes, no, <laughs> but you know, I don't know how all that stuff will work. You know, and obviously he's still real young, so I don't, I, I'm not quite sure what, um, year he's in really, but as considered a true freshman, I don't, I don't really think he is. Mm-hmm. What, uh, what what's I guess next? What's kind of in the on deck circle for this offense, in your opinion? Here with uh, some of the, the the talent they've been able to acquire at wide receiver, you've got a full running back room, you've got an experienced offensive line, and then then there's Adrian here. Um, what what is kind of what can this offense become in your opinion here as Nebraska moves uh, into a and in, into a tough schedule? Uh, in the Big Ten and non-conference, but you know uh, a lot of a lot of veteran guys there. Yeah, I mean the problems that that we had. Um, just I can't really speak for 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 the guys, but I can't speak for for you know my class and and when I was in the field. The problem was consistency. Um, I think if moving forward they can be more consistent in the run game, in the pass game, and uh, with penalties. Then by that I mean getting none. Then um, you know, any team would be successful. Mm-hmm. So I think we just need to kind of slow everything down a bit, get back to the basics, you know. Um, we don't need a bunch of trick plays or anything like that. We just need to establish an identity, and I think if we do that, we'll be fine. So less is more, potentially? Basically, yes. All right. Last question, uh, Brandon. We'll get you out of here. Uh, defensively uh, with Nebraska and that front seven, um, what what are you expecting from, uh, again, a veteran group? You got Cam and company back, but uh, Casey and, and, and Robinson and, and Snacks are going to be anchoring and still he's back there. You know, where can Nebraska go defensively? And from a pass rush standpoint, are there some candidates there that you maybe have seen kind of on the periphery that can make that move and, and, and get after a quarterback consistently? Uh, you know, I've got faith in all those guys, you know, and, and Stilly and Damian and and uh, and all those guys. But, you know, it's kind of not my area to speak in. Um, but like I said, you know, I, 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 have, I, I can trust those guys, and I mm-hmm. think a lot of people trust those guys to, to get after the quarterback, get after the ground game, and, and do their jobs and, and do it well. Mm-hmm. So, um, I think the same thing as an offense. I think if if they're consistent in their in their job and the ability to do it well, then I think they'll they'll be a great defense. Brandon Hymas, uh, L.A. Chargers, fifth round. Brandon, best to you. Congrats on your success and in, in, in many years in the NFL. We'll do this again. Thanks for your time today. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Good to hear from Brendan Hymas. Uh, his day on Saturday, hear his name called, that chip on his shoulder, some perspective on the Nebraska offense and defense with uh, what Nebraska can do, where they can go. We'll get you a chance to qualify here shortly for uh, another uh, Memorial Day kickoff with ESPN. So Denver right now is kind of, if there is a favorite, even though Green Bay continues to double down, that they don't want to trade Aaron Rodgers. Sounds like Denver's the team, and there's different scenarios here. The, 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 The Raiders... Could get into the uh, the sweepstakes here. They'd send Derek Carr. 
the uh, 22 first round uh, and 2022 20, second round and a 2023 first round. So two second round, check that, two first round and a second and Derek Carr for Rodgers and a fourth round pick. Got to throw in the fourth round pick. What would Denver do? Does Cleveland say, Baker, we love you, but not that much. Here's a first rounder uh, in the in 2022. Here's a 2023 first rounder. Here's Baker. Here's David and Joku. Uh, we'll take Aaron Rodgers. Thank you very much. I think that'd be sweet. Aaron Rodgers behind Cleveland's O-line. Nick Chubb. You still got uh, Landry. <laughs> that'd be all right. So with Denver, what would Denver have to give up? And, you know, I would I would sweeten this with Von Miller instead of Patrick Sertain. Maybe Green Bay would want Sertain. But here's the Denver deal. You trade Sertain, you package Tim Patrick, you, you package Drew Locke and a 2022 first-round pick and a 2023 first-round pick. So two first-rounders, your current 2021 first-rounder, your ninth pick overall, and you would get Eric Stokes, defensive back, and you would get Rodgers. Denver's absolutely the most interesting team. They're out of the NFC, obviously. Tennessee's also there. But Tannehill seems like a pretty good fit in Tennessee. Not that I wouldn't take Aaron Rodgers over Tannehill. Clearly, I, I would. But I want to see this Denver thing happen. Because Denver's got some dudes. I mean, Denver's got Sutton. They have Judy. They've got Hamler. I want to see Judy catching footballs from from Aaron Rodgers. And I want to see him and Mahomes duke it out. I think there's a loaded offense in Vegas for him. You imagine John Gruden... Hey, Raj. I mean, just loving life again, not being miserable. We'll wind down to Tuesday. It's Hail Varsity. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time, Hail Varsity Radio. Tomorrow, DiCaprio Boodle will join us as he starts his journey in the NFL off to the Chiefs. Mike Babcock will be with us. Shuart, Shuey, get his take on the Premier Golf League trying to woo stars. So I know Denver's intriguing, but if if Aaron Rodgers finds his way to Vegas, he's got Henry Ruggs, he's got Brian Edwards, he's got Hunter Renfro, you got Sneed, you got uh, Jones, and then the Waller tight end that just kind of burst on the scene, like all all the first round talent in the world had some off the field stuff with Waller. Love, love his production last year, but man, uh, he was awesome. <laughs> A lot of suspensions that he's had to deal with in his life, but he's, he's turned it around, but Vegas would be incredible with that offense, with that personnel. We'll see if it can happen. Damon Barr, your plan on Tuesday night is what? 
Well, I am uh, doing a little bit of celebrating tonight. No I more just finals? Completed my last final this morning Good of undergrad. You. So heading to my parents' house, uh, having a beer, and just hanging out and enjoying the the freedom while it lasts until next fall. What's mom and dad uh, making you? Uh, that's yet to be known. That it'll be a surprise for me. Uh, they eat around five o'clock, so probably a little bit of leftovers in the fridge is is my big guess. Okay. Well, good man. Hey, I'm proud of you. Happy for you getting that undergrad knocked out. Thank you. Someday you will be uh, representing many uh, when it comes to uh, fighting the good fight legally. We will get you. Uh, I mean, I'll stop in and see you in your in your legal office. Your you know lawyer oh, I, Damon. I, I'm sure you'll be stopping in plenty of times. I'm sure I'll be needing your <laughs> your services. <laughs> billable hours, Schmidt. Billable hours. No longer can you call me and say hi. I'm charging you. I love it. Damon Barr, you're awesome. Good for you. Okay, let's get you qualified. Caller 9 now, ESPN Memorial Day kickoff. There's your sounder, and it's Schmidt's wife electrocuting him. Actually, it's supposed to be meat on a grill. It is a Weber Spirit E210 gas grill from Capitol Patio and the Flame Shop, a $100 gift card to Campbell's Nursery and Garden Center, and your friends at Leon's Gourmet Grocer, $100 gift card. Collar 9 right now qualifies for the ESPN Memorial Day kickoff. Can log on ESPNLincoln.com, qualify that way. But be Collar 9 right now, 466-3776-4667-76-1800-825-5865. Collar 9 qualifies we'll uh, take caller nine damon will put you in the box and uh, we will draw may 21st for the grill for the campbell's gift card for the leon's gift card and uh, we appreciate you listening we want you to get paid off and uh, be a winner with the espn memorial day kickoff your chance now uh, with caller nine good stuff mitch sherman was phenomenal with the athletic Great insight from Jacob Padilla on Nebraska's basketball roster edition. And I uh, loved hearing from Coach Rick Kaczynski on recruiting, on development facilities, and then uh, that Sunday guy uh, for the NFL. And then a Sunday guy himself, Brendan Hymas, uh, latest draft pick for the Chargers, joined us. Take care. Talk to you tomorrow at 4 on Hale Varsity.